Hi everyone, this is Martin Willis with the Antique Auction Forum and podcast number 99 coming up. We have a couple of announcements to make. First of all, you can listen to us on Stitcher. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. You also can like us on our Facebook page and those icons are all on our website, antiqueauctionforum.com. This is uh, part two of two of the original Miami Beach Antique Show, and we're interviewing three dealers. It's an interesting set today. Philip Chasen Antiques in Long Island, and uh, we're talking to him mostly on Galais Glass. Secondly, we have Vivian Hall of Squire Antiques, Los Gatos, California, and we're talking to her on Picasso Pottery. And lastly, we have Artie Unger of Imagination Unlimited, and we're talking to him about George Jensen Silver. Uh, again, we apologize this week for our background noise. Really nothing we can do about that. Well, anyway, we hope you enjoy the show, and let's begin. Hello, everyone. We're glad you found us, and welcome to our podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. We hope you find this show entertaining and informative. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com. I'm here with Philip Chasen, Philip Chasen Antiques in Oyster Bay, Long Island, New York. How are you doing, Philip? Doing real well, thanks. And I, your display is wonderful. Thank you. It really that. is. And you have a variety of all the things I wish I could collect. <laughs> you can start somewhere. That's right. That's right. And your miniatures, uh, I've never seen one in my life. Are those... What, what miniatures are they? They're made by Dom. They're Dom. Right. Yep. They're, they date um, early 20th century. Most of them could be as, as early as 1895 and probably as late as 1910. Now, I've never seen one in my life, and you have 60. Yeah. That's, you make them look not rare. <laughs> I, I, I was lucky. I was able to purchase a collection. Ordinarily, I have five or ten, but I purchased a big collection, and now I've got 60, which is a real rarity for me. Sure. Wow. Uh, hopefully someone will come in and want to buy the collection as a collection. Well, that would be nice. Huh? That would be nice. It's going to yeah. be highly unlikely, but yeah. very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a brief conversation, and something I bring up a lot in this podcast, and some people may be sick of, of it, is fakes and reproductions, but fakes mostly. And one of the things I usually bring up as an example is Galet glass. And in our conversation, you mentioned that... I said to you that it's difficult for me to tell them apart, but you can. Absolutely. So can you t talk a little bit about that? Sure. They're, they're made, uh, most of the reproductions are made in Romania, and they started during the realm of uh, Ceausescu when he was the, the de facto dictator in uh, Romania. And he basically started the industry by ordering it done. He saw some real galley glass and thought that his workers in, in Romania could... Uh, copy them, and so they started a whole industry. I think he gave them first as gifts, then it became an industry, and now there's ballet reproductions all over the world. Yeah. My, in my experience, it seems like around 80% of the pieces I see out there, whether, I hate to say it, whether it's in a state auction or in a household, 
are fakes. And it depends on where you look. If you look at some, certain auctions that are not quite as reputable as others, there'll definitely be some reproduction glass. The more reputable auction houses will sell them as reproduction. They'll say Galet-type yes. glass mm-hmm. instead of Galet, and then you know it's not Galet, it's in the style of Galet. Uh, but certainly when I look around at the shows, uh, most of the deals are reputable, and there's only a small percentage of the pieces for sale that are reproduction. And, th- and it's self-policed at the shows. Yes. If I see another dealer has some fake things, I'm going to complain to the management because it's not fair to me if someone else is selling fake Galley glass and I'm selling authentic Galley glass. It's unfair competition, and it's not good for the show. You don't want people to come and visit the show to get burned and stuck. Yeah, and so it's good for everybody if the industry is self-policing. That's right. Yeah, could stop a collector right in their tracks, basically. Um, glass is one of those things that you can't detect an age of. Uh, well, again, I'm going to disagree there too. There are okay. definitely signs of age on glass. You know this. Uh, wear patterns and dirt and scuffs and, and can all that be faked though no you can't fake dirt in the like handling of the and handling uh, no there's different textures I mean I've been doing it for 40 years and so for, for me I don't even have to hold and touch the things I mean I can basically look at them across the room and, and tell you what's authentic and, and what's fake I get lots of people uh, who send me pictures by email as I do appraisals and um, unfortunately, I have to tell a fair number of those people that what they have is reproduction. Yep. And sometimes people really don't want to hear that, and it's a case of wanting to shoot the messenger. But yes. um, yep. I have to tell people, you know, if they come to me for an appraisal, I tell them the truth. If it's real, I tell them it's real and what the value is. And if it's reproduction, they're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Dome, Nancy, uh, what are some other uh, glass that is along the same realm. Well, uh, Mueller, mm-hmm. uh, M-U-L-L-E-R, is yep. uh, probably the number three maker. Then there's a bunch of makers that you consider three, four, five, and six. You've got uh, a maker called Le Gras. Yeah. You've got another one called D'Argental. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one called uh, Richard, which is spelled like Richard, but pronounced Richard. Mm-hmm. And there's still, there's more too. There's like... So, uh, Duvez, still another name. Yep. Can you explain exactly what the process is in making cameo glass? Sure. The uh, vases are are blown and then covered with different colored layers of glass. So you'll you'll have a vase which has uh, white frosted and then covered with a layer of orange or a layer of red or a layer of blue, and that layer is covered with another layer. Then the vase is covered with an acid resist, which is basically a waxy substance, and then the wax is carved to reveal the design. And so wherever you carve away the wax is where the acid will eat away the glass, and wherever the wax remains, it's protected. That's why it's called a resist. And so the acid that's used to etch the glass is called hydrofluoric acid, not to be confused with hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid can be stored in bottles. Hydrofluoric acid cannot be stored in bottles because it just etches the glass. It has to be stored in quartz containers. And then hydrofluoric acid can't etch quartz, but it can etch glass. And so the longer you leave it in the acid, the deeper the cutting is because it just eats away the glass. So then you wash the vase, and if you want more detail, you repeat the process. 
you cover it with another layer of the resist, you carve more details, you dip it back in the acid and eat away. And you, so you can have multiple acid cuttings. The more acid cuttings, the more detail. Now, is that how it goes through the different case colors by leaving it on longer? The, the longer you leave it in the acid bath, the more glass gets eaten away. Because mm-hmm. you see multiple color, a lot of these multiple right. color pieces. Well, so you, you have the colors one on top of another. Yeah. So if you just want to reveal what's slightly below, you leave it in the acid less time. If you want to etch deeply, you leave it in longer. Now, is it is it uh, buffed afterwards or anything? Yeah. On galley pieces, yes. Mm-hmm. It's called wheel polishing. And on the earlier, better quality pieces, they took it to a buffing wheel. So the high points are buffed. So you have a semi-gloss on the high points. And the background, which isn't buffed, stays matte. Mm-hmm. The later pieces... The ones after World War, uh, well, sometimes after Galay's death in 1904, up until the start of World War One, and some of the pieces after World War One when they started back in business again, have no buffing at all, and those are lower quality pieces generally. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the ultimate piece of Galay to come across? There is no one ultimate there piece, isn't. but there are pieces called uh, artistic. Mm-hmm. which are one-of-a-kind with all kinds of applications and a lot of different techniques like uh, wheel carving. And If you saw a piece of, of uh, uh, artistic galley, you would know. And those are the pieces that are six figures and more. You know, they can be several hundred thousand for, for one of these pieces because they're, they're very important. And they're museum quality. Yeah. I do want to say that you also I'm sitting next to a puffy shade. You have some very nice Tiffany lamps, counter balance lamp over there. Student lamp, is it? Yeah, counterbalance yeah. student lamp. Yeah. Tiffany called them Favreal glass lamps. Turtle back, that's a nice uh, the little... Absolutely. Yeah. A turtle back swivel desk lamp. Yeah. Just, just gorgeous. I, one, of the, one of the areas that I specialize in is in signed lamps, which mainly for me means uh, Tiffany, Andel, and Fairboy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long, you said you've been at this for 40 years? I've been doing this for 40 years. That's and do you, ha- do you have a website? I do. Can you throw out the website there? Sure. The website is chasenantiques.com, spelled C-H-A-S-E-N antiques.com. And I'd love to have you visit my website. You can click around. There are items for sale. There are items that have been sold, many of them with the prices that they sold for. And there are lessons, free lessons on lamps, free lessons on glass, and a lot of good information there, even if you just want to peruse the site without uh, purchasing anything. Should you like to purchase anything, I'd love to hear from you. That's great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Hi, I'm with Vivian Hall. How are you doing, Vivian? I'm doing well, Martin. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you, Squire Antiques, here at the Miami Show. And we've known each other for a while. We have, indeed. Yes. Our paths have crossed uh, right. in California. Right. Yeah. Right. It's nice to see you here. Yes, it was great seeing you here, too. How's the uh, show going for you? It's going very, very well. In fact, it's exceeded my expectations. Well, you have a perfect, uh, for exposure, you have a perfect location right on the corner, right at the end of an aisle. Can't beat that. I do. I'm very lucky. I mean, but I've been doing the show almost 30 years now, and being in the same spot is so important. Did you start because when you were 15 or what? <laughs> Thank you, Margin. <laughs> no, really? 30 yeah. years? No, I really have. And, it, and it's important because then you obviously have your regular clients that come yep. back and find you. Yep. Yeah. 
Now, do you do other shows in Florida or just this one? I do not. This is the only one that I do, currently at least. It's the only one uh-huh. I do. And have you done other ones here too? I have in the past, over the yeah. years, but uh, yeah. I'm also you know, a family person, and so naturally, That's right. yeah, I don't like to travel too much. So most of my shows are in California. Yeah. Uh-huh. And why don't you explain what you deal in? Looks like a real variety from... Yeah, it's very eclectic. Very eclectic. I I deal in silver and virtu. I deal in in paintings and sculptures. Um, I deal in jewelry. Um, I don't deal in furniture because yeah. I don't I, like I the logistics kind of, of carrying that around. Yeah. And yeah. my specialty is a unique thing, and that's uh, the ceramic works of Pablo Picasso. That's, I just saw that over there. You yeah. have you have a number of pieces. Yes. You usually see one or two here and there. That's right. And how long have you been have. doing that? I've never I never knew that about you. Yeah, I've been collecting them and buying and selling them for about twenty five years. Really? You know, wow. Yes, yes. So you have a collection at home? I do. I have a collection at home. So nice. sometimes I, I do keep them, but then I yeah. also buy and sell them and, uh-huh. and uh, have collectors for whom I've built some nice collections now over what, the years. What, um, I've never known them to go really high in prices as far as auction goes. What is? What would you say is like the most expensive one that you've handled? The most expensive that I've handled has probably been up in the $50,000 range. That's but hefty. You, but you know what? They're going up rapidly. And in fact, there have been several in the past two or three years that have brought as much as a quarter of a million. Really? Um, one very recently sold for 140000 I mean, there are, and these are the editions. These are not unique. They are editions of one or two or 300. Really? Yes. Wow. So they're going up in value tremendously. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of the museums have had shows recently mm-hmm. um, promoting uh, his ceramic works, and people really didn't know he did ceramics. Yeah, that's so right. So now, as a consequence, they are being bought up. The museums oh, are see. buying them up. And so so it would actually be a good time for up. someone to buy one before it gets too well known, right? That, that would be my opinion. <laughs> I think. I think. Well, you can't. I, most of us can't afford to go buy a Picasso yeah. painting anyway. Yeah. We don't have a few million laying around. And yeah, I do think they're going up in value. They're they're a sound investment. There won't be more. And I think he is the most important artist of the 20th century. Right. You know? Yeah, I would. So, I think you're probably right on it. Mm-hmm. Now. I've been. Have you ever been to Ernest Hemingway's house in Key West? I have many, many so, years ago. Yeah, many years same ago. with me. I was there in the late seventies. Now we're saying our age, but I remember there was a really wild Picasso cat, uh, ceramic cat in there. Did you, you know, I don't remember, do you remember that. that. No, yeah. I don't. No. No. I may be totally wrong on that. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't, can't. It's been so many years since I was there. Again. I'm going to have to uh, Google that. You, know, you can never tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, so great to see you. Thank you so much for talking with us. Great to see you, and, and yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, and uh, your website. Let's... Oh, my, yes, my website's, uh, I'm on trocadero.com slash Squire Antiques. All right, great. So if anybody wants to either uh, sell their Picassos or are interested in buying them, all right. Available. Sounds great. Yeah, great to see you, Mark. Thanks. Artie Unger, how you doing, Artie? Great. And your booth is called Imagination Unlimited. Unlimited. I love that. Did you? How'd you come up with that one? Well, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. Um, my mother was in the party planning business, and. Mm-hmm. 
it was great to have the name Imagination Unlimited because people, she had great imagination in pulling off parties. So when she switched from me in the party business to selling George Jensen Silver, we kept the name. I love it. And then everyone in the family has used that name for other businesses we have. My daughter teaches people to ride horses, a hunter-jumper style. She's Imagination Unlimited Stables. We have other little businesses that are Imagination Unlimited Engineering. Did you trademark No, but I, you know, it's funny. You, you almost can't because it's such a generic sure. name. Yeah. But I've been thinking about there's a way to sort of change it a little bit to get it trademarked. Yeah. I, I've just recently been entertaining that because we've been using it so often in other businesses. Yeah. But if you have a name that is trademarkable, it sure should do it. Yeah. I'm a CPA by trade, so I recommend to my clients always to get their names trademarked. Okay. And it's so inexpensive to do it. Right. Right. Might as well. So what caught my eye in your beautiful booth, you're actually located in a really prominent area, but of course this is George Jensen. Yes. And how many pieces would you say you have here at the show? Uh, I would say, well, in terms of hollow where we probably have 250 to 300 pieces, but in flat where we have thousands of pieces because we pattern match in Jensen, we'll sell you one piece to a full set. Most okay. of our clients come in, they have a, um, a copy they've made on their copying machine of their yep. flatware set with what they have, yep. and we put bar silver down on top of the copy to see if we match, and they say, I need four forks, one knife, three spoons, and we match it. Wow, that's nice. Now, uh, where do you get your pieces? From all over the world. Um, my mother has been doing this since about 1946. So Really? Yeah. Wow. So, and it, she, has she been working in Jensen for that long? Predominantly Jensen and other Danish silversmiths. Um, uh-huh. My mom started out by loving it and having her own collection and buying from people. Uh-huh. And then other people would come to her and say, oh, I need a, a, a wedding gift or I need a Christmas gift. Do you think you could get me a cake knife or a yeah. sugar shovel or a uh, letter opener? And um, so it got so intensive that people were calling all the time. She said, well, we want to make this into a business. And sometimes in the 60s, she switched from being a collector to somebody selling it. And since she's been doing it for so long, people have identified her with Jensen and called from all over the world to sell it. Now, can you talk a little bit about the early marks and the progression of marks? Sure. Um, You know, the marks... Everybody knows who knows Jensen knows the Jensen uh, logo with the dots all around it. And typically that's the mark from 1945 forward. Uh Before that, there were combination of marks. And it's not like other silversmiths because they use varying marks in different periods and by different ownership because at times Jensen went in with partners George Jensen and Wendell um, and then in in USA it became George Jensen USA Mr. Lunning opened up um, here in the United States and basically knocked off the name in trademark USA Inc. and he started making his own um, things that he hired ex- silversmiths from the Jensen factory. So really? La Paglia made his fame there and mm-hmm. some of the, I'll call it the arts and crafts movement people made their fame working inside the Jensen Smithy. I see. I, I can tell you, I've been going to Denmark since I was probably 13 years old 
and I've watched people who were working on the floor hammering out silver bowls become the managers and operators of George Jensen Silver really? Silversmithy. Wow. So it's been a transition, even in my lifetime, always being involved, just because my parents were involved. Is there like the holy grail of a Jensen piece? Well, I think if you're a real collector, the the, 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 the number one thing is to have the, the pomegranate candlesticks. You know, those are the... The, the one that everybody wants. But to me, I would want to have a Blossom tea set. That's the thing that shows off um, what Jensen had. Um, Jensen was married many times in his life, and his fourth wife, Pia, is still alive. It was, her children are still alive. And um, when I was in Denmark the last time, we had dinner at uh, Pia's house. Wow. She served fish, and I can't stand fish. She, uh, it's, it's a prize thing in in Denmark to bring a whole salmon to serve a poached salmon and serve it. Yeah. It's like that's you you that's like royalty if you're served the salmon in somebody's house. Yeah. I don't eat fish. So I'm in her house and her husband comes down with this gorgeous jewelry box looking thing that Jensen had made himself and in it was Jensen's own silver that they had inherited. Wow. And so I was eating, getting ready to eat, and I'm a big eater, I'm a foodie, and I'm going to sit down, and I love the silver. In fact, it's the fuchsia pattern, which we have over here. And I go to sit down, and out they bring this on a big, beautiful tray, a a Jensen tray that he had hand-hammered himself, this beautiful salmon that I was going to have to eat. Thank God it was with a dill sauce. And so I slopped a lot of dill sauce across it, and I started eating it as fast as I could. She yeah. got so excited that I ate it. And thought she gave I liked more. It. She gave me a second piece. And I go, oh, no, i got to eat the second piece now. Oh, so I ate the riot. second piece slowly. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's but, great. But our whole life, while I'm a CPA in private practice here in Miami, uh, I'm a partner in a 60-man uh, CPA firm, and that's what I spend doing my day job. I often come with my parents to the antique shows they do and help them um, sell the silver, and I do a lot of the buying as well. Yeah. Um, the stuff that comes internationally usually is by telephone to my mom, mm-hmm. but the stuff that's on the internet, I do all of that buying. Do you actually buy at auction as well? Um, more my mom at auction because yeah. I don't have time to sit on the phone, you know, during an auction because of my real job. Yep. But um, she does that. But the but the eBay stuff, and I'd almost like to, you know, talk to you about WorthPoint because WorthPoint has become a really important part of what I do because a lot of when I'm buying on the internet, I'll check WorthPoint to see if they have what's out there. Yeah. Because uh, I don't just sell Jensen. I'm involved in collecting feature matches, uh, a lot of memorabilia from Miami Beach. Um, my grandfather was a hotelier on Miami Beach. He had uh-huh. built the Royal Palm Hotel. So I hunt oh, yeah. for all Royal Palm stuff that's, oh, that's in, cool. uh, out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm on eBay every day, an hour and a half in the morning, and sometimes an hour and a half at night. And WorthPoint is a, a valuable tool to look at and, and get a sense of what the values are of things that are similar that have sold in the marketplace. So Yeah, that's great. Uh, it, it, I didn't even really know about it until all of a sudden WorthPoint kept coming up every time I would yeah. be doing my searches. So, They're certainly out there. You know, so yeah. it's, really, it's really, you know, taking hold. Yeah. Now, um, do they... I know I've seen a fake before, so there are fake. They've made some conscious decisions about 
using their molds to recreate old silk. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think anybody on their own is actually making George Jensen because while it probably could be done, it's so intricate. Yes. I think it's pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but what Jensen has done is come back and, in effect, reproduced for single buyers from their molds. So they're, What do you mean by single buyers? Well, let's say I'm a businessman, yeah. and I, I don't want to use names, but people know on, on the Internet, if you want to buy today, there are certain people in Denmark that I've met with, I know them, I've talked to them, I've, uh, they were completely honest in telling me about their business, um, where they've gone back to in a, Jensen, and in effect, commissioned them to reintroduce different pieces of silver and jewelry. Mm-hmm. And they sell it on the internet currently as George Jensen, which they're legally allowed to do because they have a contract with Jensen to produce and sell those items. Now, are you able to, to distinguish that? Um, pretty much so, yeah. While the marks are the same, they're post-45 marks, um, if I always ask the question before of the person I'm buying from, I you know I'll email or say you know where have you gotten this? Do you know the age? Do you have any of the provenance of where it's come from? And the guys in Denmark, I know they're you know they're they've commissioned, so I would assume everything they're selling is new. Now it's Jensen. It's the same as what I have. In other words, this bracelet. Is an old bracelet that I'm wearing, but it, they've recommissioned it. The guy I and I've bought some for my fr- friends because everyone in our family and friends wear this bracelet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a Turin bracelet that was designed for George Jensen, and he commissioned them to reintroduce that. And and when he does that, he commissions them for a certain number of units, which are exclusively his, mm-hmm. signed by Jensen, made in the in the Jensen factory, um, just the way they would have been if they were in effect Jensen's, his commission, and he's the exclusive salesperson for them. Now, is there a person you can think of, unnamed, but is the top collector of Jensen? Oh, there are many. I mean, I met. I had dinner at a, a, a doctor's house in England where the collection, he served maybe at the dining room table that we were sitting on that sat 24 people. He must have had 250 pieces just sitting on the table wow. to serve with. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Now, in, um, in is there a certain country that, that we do more business with than another? Um, I would say... Of course, you do business with Denmark. Denmark, yeah. There's a, there are certainly people in England who we do business with all the time. Yeah. Um, do you need to? Does he have a price that he would like to pay? I don't know. Are you friendly enough with him? Yes. Ask very ask him what he wants to pay, and if I can do that, I'll do it. What would make him happy? Okay. I'll take them with me. Yeah. Okay. So this has been really fascinating. Thank you so much for all the information. Is your website, you have a website, yes. and is it informational as well, or is it just pieces on Informational there? and pieces. Um, 
and our phone number is there. So yeah. we're open to be called anytime. Yeah. And not just for sales. If somebody has bought something for themselves and they want to learn more about it, we're always available. That's and they can nice. reach us at www.imaginationunlimited.com. Okay, great. It's that easy. All right. All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. All right. Hello again. While you are on our website, antiqueauctionforum.com, please stop by the forum message board. Click on the Community tab at the top of the menu bar, and you can join in on a topic, post your own website links, and do a lot more. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show.